And let's read together from 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. This passage serves as our reading of God's law this morning. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Please be seated. This is a familiar passage to many of us. Uh, It's often the passage that we turn to or that we quote when we want to show that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. For that's exactly what it says at the beginning of verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And to say that that all Scripture is given by inspiration or that the Scriptures are inspired means that every word of the Bible is breathed out by God or spoken by God. And the Apostle Peter affirmed this in 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, where he said that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. As they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And the point here is that the Scriptures carry the authority of God because they are the very words of God. And that's why Paul proceeds to explain to Timothy that the Scriptures are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now notice the four categories that Paul uh, uh, lists in, in these two verses. The first is doctrine. God is the source of all truth, which is to say any doctrine that contradicts the Bible is to be rejected or corrected to be brought into conformity with the scriptures or replaced by more accurate teaching that's in conformity with the scriptures. The second category is reproof. When we lovingly confront a person about their sin, we're not telling them that we don't like what they're doing. We're telling them that God doesn't like what they're doing. And we should all be able to agree upon that because God has revealed this to us in his God-breathed scriptures. The third category is correction. Correction follows on the heels of reproof. Uh, It tells us how to go from doing the wrong thing to doing the right thing. It tells us how to resolve sin issues. And the fourth and final category that Paul lists is instruction in righteousness. The Bible shows us how every aspect of our lives can be lived in ways that please and glorify God. Now, what I want you to notice, brothers and sisters, is that in all these ways, the scriptures have authority over us. In all these categories, in all the areas of life, the scriptures have authority over us, which means we have an obligation to be in submission to the scriptures. We don't make the scriptures submit to us, we submit to the scriptures. Now, this seems obvious, right? It, it, it seems plain, yet sometimes, perhaps without even knowing so, we try to make the scriptures submit to us. For example, this happens with doctrine. Uh, for whatever reason, 
Uh, we might not like what the Bible teaches about the sovereign election of God or predestination or the will of man or some other doctrine. So rather than submitting ourselves to what the, the Bible actually says, we engage in scripture twisting. We try to make the Bible say something that better suits our own fancy. Rather than submitting ourselves to the scriptures, we try to make the scriptures submit to us. And this is most often a manifestation of our own sinful pride. Sometimes it's the pride of not wanting to admit that we are wrong. This might happen when we're discussing a Bible passage with another person. Uh, we're in a friendly disagreement or a friendly debate with this other person, each uh, explaining what they think, which are two, two different meanings of the, of the passage. And then somewhere along the lines, uh, we come to realize that the other person actually has a more accurate understanding of that passage. And the righteous thing to do would be to rejoice and say, wow, I didn't see it that way until you explained it to me. Thank you. Now I have a more accurate understanding of God's truth. Now I can rejoice in God's truth even more than I was earlier. But that's not what we always do. If, if, we're, if we're dealing with sinful pride, we don't want to admit our errors nor do we want to admit that somebody else has a better understanding of the passage than, than we do. So we resist correction. And the way we do that is that we try to make the Bible say what we want it to say. Another example of trying to make the scriptures submit to us can be seen in the way we understand the experiences in our lives. We're supposed to interpret our experiences in light of scripture. But what we often do is interpret the scriptures in light of our experiences. This is one of the reasons why people don't often go to the brother, their brother who's wandering from the truth and correct him. The Bible says that when you turn a sinner from the error of his way, you save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And yet we, we might be inclined to say that never works. I've tried that before, and it doesn't work. All it does is makes other people angry with me. Suddenly, I become the bad guy. So no, I'm not gonna do that. When I see a brother or sister wandering from the truth, I just look the other way and keep my mouth shut. Or here's another one. When the Bible teaches us that Jesus is reigning at the right hand of the Father and all his enemies are being placed under his feet, we have a tendency to say, that can't be true because I don't see that happening. I've lived X number of years in this world and I don't see that happening. So I don't know how Christ can be reigning over his enemies. I don't know how God can be placing those enemies under Christ's feet as his footstool. The Bible must be saying something else there. This is interpreting the Bible in light of our experience rather than interpreting our experiences in light of the Bible. And brothers and sisters, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. This means that the Bible is the very word of God and it has the authority of God. 
It stands over you. It stands over me. It's profitable to both of us, to all of us, for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness so that we may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so don't resist the Word of God. Don't rebel against the Word of God. Don't twist the Word of God. Don't try to make the Word of God submit to your fancies. And don't try to bring the Word of God into submission to your own will or your own doctrines or your own experiences. Rather, let your will be conformed to the Word of God. Let your doctrines be derived from the Word of God. And let your experiences be interpreted and understood in the light of God's Word. Now, where the Holy Spirit has borne witness to you of your your own personal and private and public sins, uh, remember that God pardons and forgives all who truly repent while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Because repentance includes confession, we make a practice of confessing our sins. And so um, in the next few moments, we'll have a time of silence. This is a time intended that you may confess your sins to the Lord uh, just, just between you and God and the privacy of your own personal prayer communication with, with the triune God. And then after a suitable time of silence, I'll lead us in a corporate prayer of confession as well. Let's go ahead and begin our time of prayer.